I've got a challenge for you. Start a business where you create and innovate a product that puts sustainability, environment, and ecological benefits first. Then build a completely new product that ensures those who believe in these things aren't penalized with quality or by price. In fact, ensure that the quality is even better than the non-sustainable alternative. Well, that's exactly what my next guest, Phoebe Yu, has accomplished. Not only has she mastered the manufacture of bamboo into the highest quality of linen, she bootstrapped her company, Etitude, with her own savings, started with inventory in her garage and taught herself how to build an e-commerce business which has now expanded into the USA and has a global customer base. It's a remarkable story and a remarkable achievement. Phoebe understands work-life balance, work culture and ensuring that she works with the best and brightest people who understand and get the why. She really has taken a startup to a global brand and is well positioned for a massive upside in her patented products. Enjoy our discussion. Phoebe Yu, CEO and founder of Etitude, welcome to Discipline. Thank you for having me. You studied uh, business and commerce at Shanghai University. Did you always want to go into business? Um, I think it's really suit my personality. Since a kid, I think I like new things. Always try to um, yeah. find different things, uh, different ways to do things. My parents uh, raised me quite independently. They would send me on trip when yes. I was very young. Yeah. How young? Like teenager. At that time, China is relatively safe, so they just send us thousands of miles away to visit uh, our grandparents. Wow. Yeah, without adults monitoring. Yeah. Made you very independent. Yeah. Um, and straight out of university, you went and worked for a trade corporation mm-hmm. uh, before starting a few mm-hmm. of your own businesses, including at some stage you moved to Melbourne. Yeah. So what's your life's journey over these formative years? Um, yeah, so that's my only job before I, um, you know, going on my own way. I uh, was working for a state-owned import and export company in Shanghai. Yes. Um uh, selling homeware textile products, um, exporting those from China to US, Australia, yep. and Europe clients. Um, so that's how I get my all my knowledge in um, homeware textile. Yes, um, and that's the co- a context in the industry. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that lasts about four years. Um, learned a lot. Uh, didn't get too much training. They didn't provide really good training. Basically, when I just started my work, they just said, "Hey, just go to the Canton Fair and start to get some clients." I have zero training. Uh, that's my first time, jump on a plane, so yes. get on a taxi, go to the airport, figure it out, and uh, land it in the Canton Fair, start my career. Yes. So pretty much self-taught. Um, after four years, then um, they run into trouble. they just using the exporting money to support their importing business, which wasn't really well, kind of in, uh, affect my clients and my supplier. So they both then encourage me to start my own. Otherwise, you know, okay. yeah. Otherwise, they say, "Oh, your company is, you know, not paying us. We're not doing the right thing. So why why don't you just come and just set up your own? So start to set my own trading company. Um, at its peak, um, I have office in Shanghai and Hong Kong. At twenty people working. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just want to take you back. You said you know they they didn't give you any training. They said <laughs> no. go out and. Yeah. Did, did that help you find uh, confidence in selling or meeting people? Were you shy before that or were you extroverted before? I loved it. Yeah. So as I said, I think I, I didn't realize, but now looking back, I think my personality maybe really, really suits that. I yeah. actually don't maybe like too much um, working 
like rules to tie me down. Yeah. I, I love the challenge and, and go to new places, having new challenges, yes. uh, exciting me rather than stress me. So really loved it to to go to Candle Fair and, and start that and talking with clients. I, I think the thing give me confidence is my English is okay. Yes, graduate from that uni. That one thing they taught us well. Not yeah. really business is hard to teach. You, they teach you know basic economics, and law, business law, but how to negotiate with people. That that that's you have need to just 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 train by doing it. Yeah. But I think they did train us English well, so at least as uh, you can communicate with those clients yeah, really yeah. well, then just provide a really great service and think what they would like, and just like I think I always think at, at, in the customer's shoes. Yes. Uh, even these days now, attitude is a direct to consumer. Still, okay, as a consumer, what I would like, what, what I want. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the company that had twenty employees, mm-hmm. that, was that P and S Global? Yeah. Um, and what exactly was this company? Uh, well, so as I said, it's a trading company. We yep. just really help uh, international clients sourcing products in China, yep. mainly um, giftware, homeware, textile products, everything. Yeah. So you've been in that industry for yeah for a for a long, long time. So really, I have a lot of connection of uh, manufacturing in China yep. and how to deal, how to exporting, deal with international laws, business. Uh, Tariffs, yes. all this um, supply chain management, yeah. And why did that business finish? Did do you sell it? Did it uh, had enough? I am um, then. I moved to Melbourne. Yes. Uh, at the beginning, the reason is just at the time I need to travel a lot for my business. So I was thinking having an Australian PR would be easier to get visas. At that time, Chinese passport is still hard to to get visa. Then. Be- to get that PR, I had to live here yes. for a couple of years. Then I fell in love with this country. Yes. So many of my friends did same thing, but they after they get the PR, they go back to China. But I love this, so I think, oh, I need to move my business here. And it's a trading company, so it's okay. I, my customer yeah. doesn't matter where I was. There's, at the time, internet is already very convenient. You just, you know, yeah. um, just can't email them and still do the business. So I start to move my my focus or my my life focus here in in Australia Melbourne and also then that's when I start to have this idea for attitude is that in China back that time I didn't know all about environment issues climate yes. change in early 2000 we didn't we, we we really don't know yes not everybody know about it because the bad air everyone have to wear I'm asked so even the government start to do a lot of things educate people but in early 2000 when I moved to Australia so I said instead of a cultural shock. I more have this environment shock. Oh, there's a huge problem here. Yes. Like culture-wise, I think it's fine. I speak English. I have a credit card um, <laughs> I can use, but it's only, okay, driving on the other side of the road is a, it's fun, um, but it's only like really learn a lot about this environment issues. Oh, the product I used to develop um, is not that great. Yes. You know, that's involved a lot of, plastic packaging or yep. they, they just want cheap the clients want cheap and also start thinking as a business model it's good cash flow but there's not really real equity in that business yeah. it's a trading company yeah. so you i'm the middle person yes right so right now my business model is direct to consumer so it's basically you, you know eliminated the middle person you were less relevant yeah, yeah. so i think in the nfa like I, I couldn't see that business will last 
forever. Uh, one day it's gonna be irrelevant. So might as well when I still have that cash, a little bit um, income from that business to start to develop my own brand, my a new product. And this um, is attitude. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So how did that come about? Obviously, the environmental yeah. issues are a bit of a yeah. a factor uh-huh. providing a framework. Yeah. But what about the actual product itself? Where do you get? And maybe explain for the for the listeners what the uh, yeah. the product is. Yeah, I think so. The name attitude comes first before the product. So I, I first I I wanted my own brand, uh, and then I. At that time, it's it's hard as a, as a immigrants or um, Asian entrepreneur. It's hard to sell to big retailers here. Right, was it? Uh, yeah, there's yeah. the glass ceiling. And then, well, nowadays maybe uh, easier. Um, you know, six, seven, ten years ago, it's hard. Yeah. So okay. I was like, okay, how can I sell? Uh, yeah. Okay, I want my own brand, uh, an eco-friendly product. So that's where the name Attitude come from. How I'm gonna sell it? Um, I had to get into Meyer or David Jones. I know nobody. Um, so I think, okay, let me try e-commerce, sell online, okay. see how that goes. Yes. Um, so then I said, oh, what products could be? And then I realized when I moved here, I need linens. And also I know a lot about textiles. I went to the stores. So I think, okay, they all packaged in plastic. Um, doesn't look that great. And then so, oh, cotton has been there thousands of years. And I know in the fashion um, industry, there's already a lot of... Uh, textile innovation uh, so the technology is there so the fashion industry is pushing that frontier doing great things by the consumer's requirement right? yes so I think oh it's not hap- yet happening in the bedding industry in the homeware um, but textile is textile it's similar right um, so I think oh there's an opportunity there like and also as a consumer myself say I want more eco-friendly product, yes, and not super expensive. Yes. And cotton can be also confusing. The price could be fifty dollar IKEA to eight hundred on the really yeah. great Sheraton sheets. Yeah. Um, but, but it's the whole industry just murky and, and, and confusing. Yes. Um, but in the US, there's already new direct to consumer bedding company popping up, uh, and they're doing really well. They they nailed the marketing and branding, but the product itself has no innovation. So I think okay, there are still opportunity there. Um, so and I know uh, suppliers that have was developing a new textile te- uh, technology back in Shanghai. So I chat with them, partner, you know, kind of unite three of them because the one is the raw fiber where the raw fiber is. Processed, uh, and then the second is turning that fiber into yarn. Yep. Uh, and then the last one is then turn that yarn weaving into different fabric. Uh, right now, we, we we have our signature, the bamboo lysol uh, satin weave. We have a twill weave, and we also weave that into a waffle that are made into towels. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it took a few years to to refine the products. So you have to you know test and error textile it takes time and, um and are you funding this out of the money yeah you after make? yeah offer from the my, my first uh, business which i said still had, has good cash um so you're digging deep into the savings yeah, did you yeah. ever did you ever think throughout all this testing my god i'm never going to come out the other end of this no or? not really okay. sometimes i just think well every batch should kind of improve yeah. so i did have in a way i'm a patience person in that way but also impatience yes i do i do want to like a lot of in my business and so quick 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 so attitude also means as soon as possible but in a way i say i know develop a new product takes time 
I'm in that way. I'm long term quite patiently, like wait for like it's getting right. And yeah. you stayed with the same uh, manufacturers, suppliers all yes. throughout this process yes, as yes. they improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think more. The all or three, three, three of them are improving on different. So the 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 fiber process yeah. and also how kind of caliber that yarn to be more suitable to weave into the final products we want. Yes, but they they work also for quite a few years. They so they work well with each other. Yeah, so, yeah. And so you you finally get this um, product mm. that you're happy with. Yeah. Um. Again, are you using your own funds to yeah. then take this to the market? Yeah. Uh, are you at this point convinced once you get the product yeah. that this is the business, this is the product? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, and then how did this e-commerce um, relationship develop with the with the broader market? You, you set up a, a site. Yeah. Um, and you go through Google AdWords, the usual yes. process. Yeah, the starting. usual process, yeah. And then talk to me about the growth of the business from yeah. those very, very early days. There. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting, yeah, learning, like I said, I um, – don't have e-commerce background before, so also yeah. branding, so that's all new to me is learning by doing, which yeah. is fun. Um, but at the start, it's slow because I don't have the knowledge, so yeah. you have to learn that there's a, like a learning and studying curve. And this is but, just Phoebe on a laptop doing all uh, this? Or? Uh, pretty much, yeah, or okay. maybe I have some part-time here and there. Yeah. Uh, until then, yeah, at, at that time, the inventory is in my rented house double garage like yeah, okay. every year oh you started start from, yeah yeah <laughs> always start from your garage uh so yeah i will then go to post office yes. you know deliver parcel that's the beginning and then later you have some volume they come and pick up yes you know um and then eventually we have 3pl warehouse um for a bit we run a warehouse from epping yes uh so like it's our office plus warehouse because we just have more inventory than my double garage could hold. So at that time, we have two employees already. So one more is on logistics, just sourcing the parcel, another in marketing. And how long was that period before um, getting? About a year in that ping, I think. Oh, so good growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really quick growth. Yeah. And then we just think, ah, oh, it's not make sense to run our own warehouse because that's also not my yeah. core competence. We are still develop good products or good customers, but uh, the, the logistic part, we then outsourced our, our 3PL warehouse. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good move so we can really focus on marketing, and branding. Product. Otherwise, it's quite daunting uh, of the logistic part. Uh, it's very important, but it is also, it's another specialized. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and presumably then the products um, got enough margin that yeah. the logistics doesn't eat into too much of that. Not. Yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you finally think I'm out of startup yeah. phase? I've yeah. got a product market fit. Yeah. Um, you started in Australia, yeah. but were you taking orders from other countries? And yes, yeah, so our Australian side always taking order globally. Yeah. Um, so that's why we uh, decided to grow in US just by organically. We we see US order grow to twenty percent without even us like doing too much ads. Yeah. Uh, wow. So just the organic growth. So even New Zealand, the neighbor never never grew that big. It's just the all that come from US. Yeah. Uh, grow to twenty percent, and that's when we start thinking, oh, maybe we should, uh, yeah. you know, properly grow there. Uh, also set up three PL there yeah. because if you don't provide free return, free shipping, it's high. But because people would jump through all those hurdles, paying in import tax. 
paying $30, $40 for shipping to get these products from Australia to US, I know that we have a market there. And what what do you think drove the clients to the product? Obviously, you've got this is good organic reach mm-hmm. and a good organic story yeah. that with the yeah. product. Is it the ecological benefits of the product? Is it the yeah? I think it's a combination. First, people as a consumer really start to looking hard on try to find um, more eco friendly and also functional products. Sometimes, um, sadly, as said, but that's uh, give opportunity to entrepreneurs so eco friendly or sustainable products be either more too expensive or not work as good as conventional options that I, but I don't believe, I don't think people should be penalized being, go to more sustainable lifestyle. So that's opened a lot of opportunity for entrepreneur to solve that problem. Yes. And only by that, then that can be mainstream that to actually make enough impact to, to, you know, win this battle. Otherwise I said, um, it's always, if all the people just do meat list Monday, better than you have to convince one by one to turn them into vegan might be, you know, way harder, but yes. that could make more impact. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So that's that's what I'm thinking. So I, I think then also about the word of mouth. There's a lot of first Australian overseas or that Australia have uh, family or friends in the US. Yes. They, they were sending gifts or they would tell them. So people obviously love the product. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the word of mouth, the organic growth kind of really give us the confidence that to... Yeah. to then go and, and after that bigger market. And speaking of that confidence yeah. then, I mean, you know, you've come to Australia, mm-hmm. you've started a business, yeah. you're bootstrapped and put your own mm-hmm. money in, and then to go to another country, yeah. despite the fact it's a huge market, it's yeah. still a huge leap yeah. to set up in the States. Yeah. Um, was there any point in that you thought that's not the right move or how did you fund um, this part of your growth? Yeah, um, so luckily, so first I said a good, Business partner is important. Uh, so I said, I have a U.S. Um, co-founder now. Uh, she joined uh, early 2018. Yep. So really institutional. Um, helped a lot for our growth in the U.S. because she really know that market. Uh, she's a serial entrepreneur herself. Um, so together, like we make a really strong team. Great. Uh, and also, we also go, going through an accelerator in New York in 2018. That also really helped uh, the initial fundraising and they, they teach us so much. And networks as well. Networks, yeah. 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 So, and also they, they, they really teach us a lot of things. And how did you, how did you come across this accelerator? Were you, did you apply or did they uh, knock on the door? Yeah, no, it's also through my business partner. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, uh, she's known the founders of Accelerate for five years. She's also a mentor there. Yeah. And then... When she told them she joined Attitude, um, then they were just like, oh, well, you know, do you want to also go through this? <laughs> we really wanted you to go through this. Um, but that's also really helpful. I think it's a, yeah. it's a mutually benefit things. Yeah. And how did you meet your founder in the US? Uh, we met online on Angel List. Yep. You know that Angel List? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I was just put as on, I said, hey, I need a... Uh, you know, a business partner in the US to you, to help me to grow this quickly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And was there any any um, sort of I suppose in those stages where you're getting to know someone? Yeah. Did you just hit it off and think? We really hit it off. Yeah. We actually start work remotely online for a bit, and then this accelerated uh, opportunity can't come along. So luckily, I, I'm already Australian citizen, so I don't need a visa. So. Literally, they said, hey, you're in. And then in a week, I was on the plane to New York. Wow. Yeah. And at the time, she's in Los Angeles. So I started the accelerator first one week in 
Then she fly back to, to New York and join. So that's our first the first time we actually physically face to face. yeah meet wow. um met uh yeah because even by working remote online we we really feel like that uh the communication is great yeah. uh we both very hard working and determined to yeah to to take this you know brand globally so yeah. that works really well I mean, you know, people talk about luck in business. Yes. It sounds like that's just a piece of yeah. really good fortune along yes. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about the difference between Australian markets mm-hmm. and US markets? Have you you talked about marketing, yeah. how difficult that can be? Have you had to have different campaigns for yeah. the different audiences? Or? Yeah. So definitely because the seasonality. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. And there's slightly color preference too. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the U.S. they they quite like darker colors, yeah. like dark gray. Uh, white is always the bestseller, but in Australia, people sometimes like uh, lighter colors. Yeah. Mm. And also the sizes are different. Right. So we that we have to have two sizes, or even the inventory are separate because the size of the mattresses are different. Yeah, the king. They have California king, right. Eastern king. They're different from our king size. Queen is. Luckily, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, queen size is um, same. So UK, Singapore, those uh, Asian or even European country more is Australian size. American has a different size. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also they go they go by inches. So even our size chart then would would say <laughs> how much inches by inches. But here is cm. So there's a lot of those nitty gritty things are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the pricing. I mean. Obviously, pricing is same, yeah. uh, but just like as a converting rate, they're similar. But of course, the converting rate is up and down. We might slightly adjust it, but kind of should match. Mm-hmm. Does it cost? I mean, I don't even know. Does it mm-hmm. cost more to get a, a container of goods that are manufactured out of China? Mm-hmm. Cost more to get to the US than Australia, or the same? Similar, but yeah, I see it's okay. similar. But US now there's tariff things, and it's kind of a bit up and down. But yes. we wasn't being impact too much. Um, but Australia doesn't have that, that problem. Okay, I was just going to ask actually because mm. you mentioned the tariff thing. Yeah. So there's you know the American and uh, China yeah. going through a, a trade war, yeah. but you're an Australian company, mm-hmm. so well do... that doesn't matter if the products is made and come from China. That that right. Yeah, so yeah. that give you any nervous moments or no, not really. Okay. Well, first they are still negotiating, and then not not really. They already have it, and also our category is not hit as big as like it's actually fashion and shoes. Yeah, right. They kind of more put on. Those are bigger category, okay. so betting relatively smaller. So it's like, yeah, they, they have, the yeah, way. yeah. So like, <laughs> it's been like they, they wasn't like really put their eyes on that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you started building mm. this business. Mm-hmm. I get a picture. You've had good experience, mm-hmm. created amazing networks. Yeah. Um. You've had your own business. Do you think that starting this particular attitude business mm-hmm. later with mm-hmm. all this experience was helpful, or it wouldn't have made a difference if you'd started? I- Think it's helpful. Yeah. If I didn't learn, I learn a lot. So sometimes people say, actually, founders at their thirty forties might have higher success rate because they, you know, learn a lot from the whole business journey or even from life. I think definitely, um, pro- why it's grow so quick in the US because the product is ready after so many years testing in, in Australia and learn all those marketing and branding. I learned yeah. that that's where I learned those things. Um and I was ready. Yeah. You know, so that that's that's when it's if if it's five years ago, probably won't. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and what about risk? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've taken this incredible yeah. risk, you built up some savings. Yeah. 
I mean, you've moved country, yeah. you know, from China to Australia. Yeah. You must have a bit of natural risk taking in your DNA. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that is? <sighs> Maybe because I, your parents put you on a yeah, I, or a personality. But I, I was never. Yeah, in my business, maybe I that that's I'm a bit a gambler, or I trust. Like, um, if you put hard work and don't give up, eventually you get something. Maybe big or small, but eventually, something. yeah, you get to something. But I don't never gamble in in a, um, um, I mean, gamble house. What do you call it? Casino. Casino. Yeah. Yeah. I don't because the odds is the math is like you don't have the odds, but in. Entrepreneurship, yes, the math is still the odds, but uh, there, there are ways you can make that odds start to work your ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I read a, um, you know, one of these uh, motivational yeah. quotes many yeah. years ago. It yeah, said, yeah. "You may not be making the kind of progress you want to make, yeah. but you're still making progress." Yeah. And yeah, and essentially that compound thing is like, yeah, yeah, it will compound. So yes. Um. Some people are very good at starting companies. Mm-hmm. Some are managing mm-hmm. them a bit later on. You seem to have abilities at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But what do you think your core strength is in business? I think develop new products. Definitely. And also I'm passionate about it. I really love, as I said, like building new things. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't mind to work long hours, like, you know, manage to, like, Two company in a two time zone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. I think that's my yeah my strengths, and also was happy for people who are smarter than me to actually. Eventually, you need to grow a company that you need to hire people smarter than you. At least on that task, you hire them for. Yes. Yes. So I think I was also never feel intimidated that to hire. Like I was like thrilled. Oh, these people are smart and they work with me or, um, you know, they, they like this company. They like this product. I think that's, that's a complimentary that I would feel like, yeah. Oh, intimidated by that. So I think that's, that's a strength. Yeah. yeah great. Um, what about, you mentioned earlier on, mm. like it was hard to get into mm. your Myers yeah. and your big department yeah. stores. Have you since been approached by uh, any of these buyers saying, "Oh, we'd like to stock your product now"? Uh, not Australian retailers yet, but we we work with Qantas. Yes. Uh, so we're in the Qantas Point store. Yes. And we also have a special uh, collection. You know, the Qantas 100 Years uh, celebration. So we have a co-branded uh, travel products. Yes. Uh, also. Oh, with the logo on it. With Qantas uh, 100 logo. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. Quite, quite nice. I was using that uh, on my trip back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So they will launch nice. in the Qantas store soon and yes. sell exclusive on that. Um, so I assume you're flying back between Melbourne and Los Angeles via Qantas. Then. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's more comfortable and better food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did approach by some U.S. retailers, yeah, yeah but not yet uh, big retailers in australia okay yeah. and are you, uh, presumably you'd be ready to deliver at scale if someone like a walmart came knocking and said uh, we want it throughout all our stores <sighs> is that the hope or you're happier to stay e-commerce uh our focus next year we're still more uh still e-commerce but we'll start to open doors for more maybe partnership with retailers or our own we actually now uh, have our own pop-up store in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah, and uh, it's doing well, so we're going to extend that lease. Our original plan was for three months, just a learning curve. It's 
doing pretty well and we have the opportunity landlords yeah we can you can extend so we extend until april yeah um so like definitely testing different channels because we find in real life customer can touch the fabric then they really they they kind of wow oh, yes. this is made of bamboo it's yes. like so soft it's way better than cotton that's like they really have that aha moment oh this this thing works yeah yeah so yeah. it's that it's so that the conversion tactile. rate yeah the tactile the conversion rate uh, in real life is way higher than online when yes. people can touch and also hear our story face to face so it's still very valuable yeah yeah so I mean, imagine you've got a huge amount of growth potential then yeah. through 2020 and, yeah. and beyond. We're excited. Um, what about the manufacturing side? Mm-hmm. I mean, you said at the beginning you went through lots of iterations yeah. and improvement of the product. Yeah. Um, what have you learned about this side of mm-hmm. the business and what about the complexity of adding yeah. then the ecological and environmental considerations yeah. into the mix? Yeah. But I think... I think um, because we have that North Star, so because that's in the brand name, attitude. So everything just has to be sustainable, eco-friendly. So if factory come with me, some solution not that great, so now let's find some alternative. Yeah. Or even that reflect in our packaging. So we, we would also categorize our packaging. So green means that's totally good. And orange, mm, it's okay, but we, we want to improve. Red is that, no, no, no. These, these like material we will never use. Yes. Because like, so it's like we always try to no red and moved all the orange to the green. It's always a, a process because the most eco-friendly thing is to don't buy new stuff, recycle or reuse. Yes. But if so, you have to buy new stuff, like um, then we see what's the least impact. Yeah. Yes. And what about, how did you even know? I mean, you know, when people think of mm-hmm. bamboo, yeah. they think of, you know, tough sticks yeah. generally. yeah. yeah. How did you know that the fiber, when broken down and manufactured in a particular way, could be this soft? Yeah. But bamboo can also be made into paper. They are bamboo. Of Have course. you used the bamboo toilet paper? No. Uh, so basically, it's it's like uh, there's a lot of things can make to get fiber out of them, like yeah. even trees. Yeah. So there's like for you, for you, for a decade or two decades, you know, there are textile called model or tensile already used in fashion. That's from wood. Yeah. So it's similar process yes so how you get those fiber out of plant yes. plant like so so people when people say eat vegetables to have fiber right so they have fibers uh but just technology now um ready to get that fiber out to be turned out into suitable for textile and in a non-toxic way yes so that's the the improvement i yeah. think 20 30 years ago it's already there people already start testing that but they have to use a lot of chemical to process that, Bleach so we, we, which is not good. Yeah. But the new technology solved that problem. Yeah. So that's that's the beauty of it. Finally, then it's it's a way clean um, process. So we also trademark our, our fabric called clean bamboo. So to kind of differentiate with the old generation, which still has to use harsh chemical to process. Yeah. And so it, so technology is always like they evolve, iterate like better and better. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so do you have like um, any kind of uh, intellectual property protection on that yeah, manufacturing we, yeah. process we as well? Yeah, we have all the uh, um, exclusive agreement with them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And oh, the, wow. It's patent protected in USA, Japan and China. So. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, what about personally yourself, Phoebe, your, your own philosophy on business? No doubt it's evolved now. Yeah. But where you currently... Sit. What do you think your philosophy is? Mm, my philosophy is 
recently I quite like uh, so I start to get into CrossFit a couple years ago. Yeah. And I think that's a, a one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. Uh, it's really um, elevate my health. Um, so like give me all this energy to even work long hours. I, I wouldn't feel that tired. Healthy body, healthy mind. Healthy body, but then also to teach me first like don't think failure as a failure. It's like, okay, you lift the barbell. Yes, you're going to drop it if it's heavier, heavier. But then you rest and try it again next day. But eventually your muscles are, you know, stronger and stronger. You you keep breaking your PB, personal best record. There's a lot of jargon in, in that. Uh, so I think uh, business, entrepreneurship, same thing. Yeah. You might, sometimes it's temporary failure. Or we wouldn't even call it failure. It's just you're testing something. It doesn't work out. So you know that doesn't work and try something else. Almost like Edison tried a thousand times, then fine. Okay, this thing, the bubble will, will light. Only that material work. I think actually in business is the same thing. Yes. Especially digital marketing. There's so many new technology and new ways. So for us, it's always start testing a lot of new channels. That even a lot of things, nobody knows how to do it because it's very new. Yes. Uh, like Facebook is not new, but six, seven years ago it's new, but now there's other new platforms keep popping out. So nobody knows how to deal with it. So you just deal with it, and uh, but put small budget in testing and really just get the data out of it. Uh, if that doesn't work, um, then shut it down and test others. If it's else. work, then double down. So yeah. that's what yeah, what what's our approach right now. Great. And I think I think there's a good lesson in that yeah. because a lot of young people try something and yeah. a lot of also in Australia in particular, mm-hmm. first time investors yeah. into new businesses, yeah. they see something not working mm-hmm. and they start to panic. Yeah. But really you yeah. expect any new business yeah. to have to try uh-huh. new things, yeah. pivot, yeah. change. They've got yeah. a good idea, but getting it to market's not always as straightforward yeah. as having a good idea. Yeah. And even these days, is, I mean, early days, maybe there are silver bullet. When the social media are early stage, if you just nail one channel, oh, you're really great on Instagram, you could have a really quick growth. But now it's getting harder and harder because everyone is so savvy and it's saturated. People pump so much money in those. So it's always a, a, a combined, that you have a combined strategy. Yes. You can't, even US investor already like, Oh, you just rely on Facebook. Mm, that's bad. You know, what, what if it doesn't work? They know like it's gets, getting more and more expensive on Facebook. So you need to have a, a combined strategy. Uh, okay, pay social or pay Google or podcast and direct yeah. mail um, and also like re- actual physical retail yes. or uh, lots of partnerships. But you'd be able to still manage all those at, at a good level. But there's a few maybe lift more weight, but uh, the others help. They actually don't want you to rely on just on a single channel, yeah. Uh, because they know what what if that doesn't work, then the business is very risky. You need to get uh, Oprah Winfrey saying yeah. she slept so well yeah. on her yeah. bamboo shoots by attitude yeah. last night. Yeah. So so it's definitely more complex than before. The, yeah. the digital marketing, yeah, the mix is huge. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. What about um, you were saying before hiring people, smarter mm. people? Yeah. What about your thoughts on customer, staff, culture, and, mm-hmm. and culture in general? Uh, definitely big. I realized like it's all about people. So uh, for a company to grow, it's it's how how many smart people you can you know you, you can get. Um, so really happy about our team right now. Uh, keep growing the Los Angeles team and the Melbourne team. Yeah. Uh, and then luckily they also work well even remotely. Um, yeah. So next year we we're planning a whole company reunion that they find. A, all of them can actually f- finally physically meet. Great idea. Um, 
and and the, you see the recent well i wouldn't say scandal so the we work thing and yeah. even the way ceo stepped down because of because all so the working environment does matter so i think uh we're very aware of it uh so we think a happy working environment you know make people more productive yeah yeah and how do you have you had any problems because you're a hard worker mm-hmm. you're incredibly diligent yeah you ever seen staff not mm-hmm. working to the same level has that ever frustrated you or you you realize everyone's part in the equation yeah really it's everyone a part of the equation i think they all pretty hard work but i think see the strength of i think australian team or teach the us team about work life balance um but the us team may also show australian team or oh, when it needed uh how they could really push dig in push and dig in i yeah. think that's like they learn from each other's strengths it's good uh but i also do do like like even i like i do rest you know even even i work hard but i, I super think like um like black friday i took a, took a took a shot you know um rest and went go for ski i think that sometimes you need that mind switch you can't always on it's also not healthy yes. it's same the analogy like even in crossfit is you don't train every day you train like two days on, one day off. Let the body recover. Yeah, the muscle yeah. has Let to recover. Let the mind recover as yes, well. Yes, the same yeah, thing. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, what about a non-negotiable mm-hmm. for you with your team? Do you have one that you just won't uh, accept certain standards falling away on one thing in particular? Oh, I think we just all be honest in the integrity. So sometimes yeah. like, and also teamwork. Yeah. Uh, that's very important. Try to work with the team, uh, not like just... Um, Sometimes if you don't, you know, um, update your team what's going on, just like I, I don't think just a single start uh, employee that situation would work really well. Yeah, yeah, we actually really um, empower team team collaboration. Talk to me about yourself, mm. motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, building this company yeah. globally. Yeah, um, is it easy to keep yourself motivated? Do you ever have times you think I just um, need to get away? I mean, you said you went skiing Black yeah, Friday. Yeah. But are there times of just, you know, really struggling to yeah. keep invested in the business or you're always um, on? Yeah, I'm pretty much always, always <laughs> on. <laughs> Seldom really turn my phone or computer off. I will always reply email here and sneak. So that's why I said, like, why I go to ski. If you are on a slope, you can't. Yeah. You can't really check your phone yeah. or you're not a computer. Or I, I like those sports that force me that cannot check <laughs> the phone even. Um but I think the motivation is that I'm building something people love. So the whole company's motivation, we really love. We have our hands meeting. One of our favorite is we read the review of the week. Yes. We will pick a really great customer review and read it uh, to the whole company. And people would just laugh and, and, and really feel yeah. validated by what, what we're doing. Yes. Uh, and it's, especially these days, uh, our team uh, or young people. Yes. Um, so they're motivated as these days, young people. They're motivated not just by our good salary or but company price, but the why, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the purpose, the, yeah. the value. Um, they also feel this is a great company. We're doing something great, uh, helping people have better sleep, and yes. we also um, donate to charities, um, support a lot of uh, causes which uh, our employees care about, our customer care about. Uh, so it's more like building a community. Yeah, here. that's so, great. Mm-hmm. Um, Secrets to success, mm. hard work, yeah. discipline, yeah. balance, a bit of exercise. Yeah. Uh, what makes you tick? Why are you the person that keeps pushing through these barriers? Um, yeah. 
I think I'm quite persistent. I, I just don't hate to give up. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could say I was working that so long. Um, it's also, hmm, this has to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some people have been in your shoes, uh-huh. been persistent, yeah, yeah. continue to push through and yeah. haven't been able to build a, mm-hmm. a global business. Mm-hmm. Again, do you think it's a bit of luck? Is there something else that has happened that makes you think, I've got a little bit of extra entrepreneurial gift? As I said, my personality might do suit. So as I said, I, I, for Challenger, I more think it's a interesting new new things uh rather than stress yeah so if as long as this business is still like everything i'm learning new things i'm kind of happy yeah so i didn't as i said i didn't consider uh something is, is failure but could be just temporary setback and also running a business is always problems if there's no problems uh probably that's the biggest problem <laughs> either you can't see it yeah. or you stop growing that yes. like there's no yeah. you know if you were still quick growth that growth pain is just that's just what it is yes yeah, yeah. and what about the fact you're traveling all over the world mm-hmm. now um how do you find balance family friends yeah. uh, and all of these things in amongst a global <laughs> growing business yeah the most travel is U.S. and, and Australia, or in Australia and China, go to uh, still uh, visit factory. Um, so my my family are here in Australia now. So I, I come back Australia three, four times a year. Yeah. I stay a couple of weeks every time. I said, Australian team also need and want to work with me. Yes. You know, the, that FaceTime is very important yeah. um, for, for them to see their leaders coming back. Um, and also my family, yes, yeah, also that time. But yeah. of course, technology can WeChat. You can, um, you know, use Facebook Messenger. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Technology yeah. really has brought everyone yeah. a lot mm-hmm. closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so to finish off, we do mm-hmm. a quick fire round. Okay. Um, who has been a professional inspiration to you? Ooh. I don't know. My inspiration is the Pentagonia founder. Is that professional? Yeah. Because that's why also quite inspiration that you can build a business billion dollar business but actually being very very high quality of sustainability yep. and um giving back to the community and he's still having fun he's very healthy he's in his 70s he's yeah, still wow. rock climbing yeah. and his employees can hit the wave uh so their head office is also in california when you know the the waves here just go surfing yeah um so i think that's that's where i want to um build my company too great uh, yeah yeah it's a great Global, mm-hmm. well-known brand as yeah. well, Patagonia. Yeah. yeah. What about if you, uh, not going to happen, mm-hmm. but walk out of here, got hit yeah. by a bus today, yeah. um, what is the one thing you'd say, oh, I wish I'd done that? Ooh. You travel more just for, not for business, just for pleasure. travel, pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good answer because mm-hmm. my next question uh-huh. is, if you could go anywhere yeah. in the world for lunch today. For lunch today? Where would you go? Ooh. I... In the world, you mean in Earth or the world? Well, let's keep it to Earth. Uh, to keep it to Earth. <laughs> mm. Maybe Antarctic? Yeah. Really? Hard to get to places <laughs> if you say, oh, I have this scientific machine, like just instantly transfer, then you want to go to some places very hard to get, get yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. Hmm. I... Well, there's a lot, but I do like the original three Star Wars. Yes, yeah. uh, good good time to yeah. be talking Star Wars. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. the uh, the last one's yeah. coming out today or this week. 
Ah, yeah, I think I soon, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, favorite singer? Oh, there's a couple of Chinese ones. <laughs> um, you, uh, you might not know, but uh, when I was young, I quite quite like Roxette. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah. She passed away. She passed away last recently. week. Yeah. 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 Very young, actually. Sixty-one. Yes, he's once. Yeah, yeah it was young. Yeah. They're a great band. Yeah. Amazing yeah. Swedish yeah. band. Mm. Um, what advice would you give to young female entrepreneurs? Mm, I think yeah, still be persistent. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, there's it's hard for female, but I, I think I'm my one of my strengths. I'm less sensitive. I, I don't really feel there's that kind of discrimination uh, or or Asian. I, if you don't feel it, probably sometimes you think too much of it, and you always know, oh, it's people. It's hard for a female or immigrants. No, you don't think it. Yeah. Entrepreneur is entrepreneur. Just you know, if you yeah. think too much, you think oh, all that bad. Then, I mean, that's discourage yourself. I think just don't think it. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Just go for the problem. Yeah. Solve yeah. it. Yeah. And what about 2020? What does 2020 hold for Phoebe U? Um, still, yeah, keep keep growing the the business. So we said in. We're still startup, still very young, the whole team. So keep growing that, um, and have that the whole company union is excited, um, and definitely learn more in, in the physical retail. I quite enjoy that. Um, can face to face talking to a customer. Yeah. Great. Well, listen, Phoebe, thank you for your time away from Attitude and taking the time to meet me in Melbourne today. Um, thank you for being my guest on Discipline. Have a great holiday season and new year. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.